0: Well, Alright, how's everybody doing? Are you, guys, you guys are good. Alright, cool. Here we go. Alright, well we're, we are wrapping up our Overwhelmed message series tonight as we uh, look at this idea of living by priorities. But you know, sometimes in our life, uh, we, have, we get news that is exciting uh, yet can somewhat be overwhelming. Maybe you've had something like this happen in your life before. Uh, well, for my wife and I, uh, just this past week, we got some news that was pretty exciting and had somewhat overwhelming factor to it, and that's the fact that we found out my wife is pregnant with our second kid. So yeah, it's, uh, that's pretty stinking exciting. Uh, we found that out, but you know what's kind of crazy and the overwhelming part that comes in with this is, is we just found out last week, but we found out last week that she is not only pregnant, but 21 weeks pregnant. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's halfway done. Like like the kid is halfway baked right now, and and here we are. We found out our first doctor appointment. We go into the sonogram. They're like, oh yeah, you're 21 weeks and you're having a girl. So we find like all, all this like right there, and and they're like yeah, and they're doing four months. Uh, so those for those of you who don't have a kid, four months is not like a long time to plan. Uh, I mean, this isn't like you got to go to the grocery store once or twice, and then you're good. Uh, So it was a little overwhelming when we found out, uh, but we're super excited uh, for this child to come into our lives now to have two little girls. Uh, I don't like—I'm like really scared about the teenage years right now uh, with two little girls. But but we're so excited about it. But you know, the the thing that made, made me start thinking about with this is that in life, the older that we get. Uh, the more we go higher in education, the bigger that our job grows, the more our family expands and grows, the more complex life gets. And the more complex life gets, the harder it gets and the more overwhelming that it can feel at times. And, and when, I, when I think about this, like back when I was in high school, if you would have told me that it gets harder when you go on, I would have been like, yeah, right. What's harder than schoolwork? you had been like, i got to take a whole summer off to recover. I mean, for some of you who are teenagers here right now, you're thinking, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, my parents used to always tell me, enjoy where you're at, because the older you get, the harder it gets, the more complex it gets. And when we look at, at today's society and where we live, I mean, it, it's changing faster than ever. It, it's always changing. We have uh, information flying all over the place and all around us. Uh, like this video that we showed right before this. Uh, some of you, if you've got your phones out right now, your Facebook or your email, you're just watching the numbers grow. Because things are always happening and moving so fast, and life can really become overwhelming. In fact, I think sometimes life is a lot like juggling, right? Where we, we first start, and we pick up one thing, and we're like, oh, this isn't that bad, you know? And then we get something else, and you're like, okay, I can do this, two things, not too bad, not too bad. Then you're like, three, four, five, and then you got got like all these things, and you're trying to like, okay, how do I get over here? And you're, oh, dropped a kid, <laughs> sorry. And then you're trying to do this, and you're like, oh. Drop my paycheck, and then you you know you get so much going on that it's hard to juggle it, and you just can't do it. And, and I think what happens so often is we get to this point where we get so overwhelmed and so stressed because we got so much on our plates. We're trying to put 100 percent of energy into everything, and we come down to the hard truth that we all know, but yet we have a hard time with, and that's we can't get it all done. I mean, it's the reality for us is that we can't get it all done. We can't get everything in our lives done. And, and, you know, so often we'll, we'll tell somebody else, right, when they're going through a really hard time and they're feeling really overwhelmed, we'll be like, hey, man, you, you can't get it all done, man. You just got to let some stuff go. In the meantime, we're, like, holding on to, like, everything right here. Man, you just got to let some stuff go, man. You, you know, you'll feel better because we can't get it all done. And the reality is for us is that in our lives, God has put us here for a purpose. He's given us the time to accomplish that. But for us to do that, we're going to have to put some things down. We can't hold on to everything, but we're going to have to let some things drop. And this is where living by priorities really comes into play. That if we can begin to learn to live by priorities and learn the things that we need to put down and the things that we need to keep a hold of, that that will help us begin to to, uh, follow Jesus better, to be a better husband, father, parent, All these different things when we learn to live by priority. So tonight, as we talk about this subject, we're looking at a passage in Luke chapter 10. So you have your Bible, you can turn to Luke chapter 10. Uh, You can also follow along on the screens. Or you can follow along with your YouVersion app uh, right there with the scripture as well. And and the book of Luke is is a book in the New Testament of the Bible. So it's the second half of the Bible. And, And Luke talks all about the life of Jesus. It goes through his, his teachings, his ministry, his miracles. All these things are recorded right here in the book of Luke. And we come down to Luke chapter 10, and what we're picking up is in verse 38. And this is what it says. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Uh, so, what was happening in this time is Jesus is there and he's traveling across all of these different villages and these different towns. He's out in the countryside and he's going around and he's teaching and doing miracles. And he's there with the people and he would travel with this group of disciples, his little entourage, if you will, the men that he was pouring into and investing in and, and teaching. And he would come into these villages and towns, and they didn't have anywhere to stay. So people would open up their home to him, and they would host him and host his disciples at their home. They'd offer him meals. They might do a party and invite all their friends to come hear from Jesus. Uh, they'd give him a place to stay for the night. And so Jesus shows up in this village, and here is Martha. And it says that Martha opened her home to host Jesus and his disciples. And so uh, here it is happening in Martha's house. And in verse 39, it goes on and says... She had a sister called Mary. So Martha's got a sister called Mary. But, but listen to this description of Mary. It says, Who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. So here introduces Mary. And Mary comes in, and Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to what he has to say. It's interesting that they would put that in there. But when you go on, and you look at the next verse, in verse 40, it says, But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Martha was distracted. So look at the contrast of this, right? Mary is there and she's sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to what he said, but Martha is distracted. Martha gets distracted by all the things that are going on. I can kind of picture this. You guys have probably been in your houses you know in the holidays and all the families there and everything and and usually it's mom or somebody's like running back and forth in the house they're going from the kitchen back to like clean up something that spilled back over to help people when they come in the door and running all over the place I can just see Martha right like she's just she's just going she's here she's there she's everywhere she's going back and forth and, and I can just picture her probably walking by you know like walking by the living room door or something she's looking in there and she's like what's Mary doing Mary's just sitting there and then she goes over right here and does this thing she comes back Mary's still sitting there you know, you can just imagine this going on as she's thinking through it. And so, finally, Martha just has kind of had it. She comes in with this little bit of attitude, and she comes to Jesus, and she says to him, she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Uh, when I read this, I, I kind of started thinking um, back to what it's like being kids. You know, when you're like five, and you're with your friend, or you're with your brother or sister, and you're a little kid, and they're like... Susie's not picking up the toys. Tell her to help. Maybe some of you, you know, you're on the side where you're like, dude, I'm picking up the toys. Or maybe you're on the other side where you're like, that was me. I was the one pointing them out. Uh, but, you know, it's like, it's like we revert back to when we're kids sometimes in these situations. And Martha comes in and she's like, Jesus, Mary's not helping. Tell her to help. And I want you to see how Jesus responds to her because he's very gracious, but he's also pretty direct about it. He says, Martha. Martha. He says, you're worried and upset about many things. You're trying to juggle all these things. You're trying to get it all done. You're going all over the place. But he says, but only one thing is needed. Only one thing. And he says, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. See, when I I think about this, this is the thing that Martha was doing, is Martha was trying to juggle everything. She was trying to feed the people, she was trying to take care of them, she was trying to get their beds ready, she was trying to to clean up the house, She's trying to take jackets, wash feet, get the sandals, all these things. She's trying to juggle all these things, and it is starting to stress her out. She is worn out, stressed out, burned out, and getting bitter at her sister Mary, because Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And and because she was juggling so much, because she had all these things going, she missed an opportunity that she may have never gotten again to come and to sit at the feet of Jesus and to listen to him. But now when you look at Mary, you look at Mary on the other side, is that Mary saw the opportunity. She saw the opportunity to come and to sit at the feet of Jesus, and she saw that this may be an opportunity that I'll never get again, and that knowing Jesus and listening to him is the most important thing, and she was willing to let things go to hold on to the priority of sitting at the feet of Jesus. To come there. And this is what Jesus says. He says to Martha, look, you, you've, you're so distracted and you're doing all of these things. But there's only one thing that is needed. There's only one thing that matters and that is important. And Mary has chosen what is better. Mary has chosen what is better and it won't be taken away from her. Because you see what Jesus is talking about right here is that the one thing that matters, the only thing that is needed is a relationship with Jesus. It's the relationship that matters. It's the one thing that is needed. And we can be so distracted with good things. I mean, Martha was doing good things, but she missed what was better. She missed the one thing that was needed, the relationship. And I, I think when we look at our lives and we look at priorities, that it's, it's not a question of good or bad. It's not trying to evaluate these things, but it's a question of what is good and what is best. What is good and what is best. And when we begin to live by priorities, we begin to put our attention into what is best, into what is the one thing that is needed. And out of that relationship, that one thing that is needed, everything else in our life begins to flow. For Mary, her actions would begin to flow out of the relationship with Jesus. And so for us, in our relationship with Jesus, is where we start. It's the place that we begin to begin to learn how to live by priorities. And so tonight, for the remainder of our time, we want to look at four questions that we can ask as we begin to evaluate our lives to say, how can I live by priorities? How do I make sure that I'm doing what matters most? And so I want to encourage you inside your programs, you can take notes. These questions are there and you can follow along. And maybe there's some specific things as we go through this that God is really drilling into your heart that you want to write down and say, man, I really need to work on this this week. So here we go, four questions that help us to begin to live by priorities. The first question is, what has my heart? What has my heart? I think, you know, we may sit there and think that's kind of a weird question when it comes to living by priorities. But you know what, I I would say this, that living by priorities is more a matter of the heart than it is task list management. Living by priorities is more a matter of the heart than it is about task list management. Because it's out of our hearts, it's the the relationships, it's the things, the job, the kids, uh, the hobbies that we give our heart to, that has our heart, that drives our actions, that consumes our time, that gets our money, and that receives all of our attention and focus. It's the thing that has our heart that will drive us. It's the thing that gets our heart that will cause our actions to come from Uh, But you know what happens with Martha is Martha comes in and she goes straight to all the doing. Martha goes straight to picking up and all these things and she just starts working and doing these things. And and I think that oftentimes that's our tendency. That we come in and we just start picking up things and start doing and all these different things that we get rolling. And the next thing we know, we're getting burnt out and we're feeling dragged down. Uh, Because maybe for some of you in your past experiences with churches or religion or you have a different background or the way you grew up, the things that you were taught, you view following Jesus or Christianity as just all these things that I have to do. It's this big long checklist of things to do and things to juggle and and things I've got to be working on. And as a result of approaching it in that way, your service has no joy. You serve and you have no joy because you're just tired and worn out trying to juggle everything. I I think about it like this. That in marriage with my wife, Kendall, I could do all these amazing things for her. I, I could unload the dishwasher. I could do the laundry. I could clean the house. I could take our daughter, Ella, and one day our future daughter, And let her have the day away to go do whatever girls like to do with manicure, pedicure, well, I don't know, something like that. I could do all these amazing things for her and these good things. But you know what? If we never stopped to sit on the couch together, to just talk. If I never took her on a date and sat across the table over a meal and just said, how are you? How are we? What's going on in your life? If we never took the time to do that, we may have a marriage where there's a lot of good things happening, but we would have a marriage that has no foundation. It would be weak. There would be no joy and there would be no intimacy because we failed to connect at the heart. And then with our relationship with Jesus, I, we so often can get dragged into just doing all these good things that we fail to stop and connect with the heart of God. To just sit down and listen. To sit down and work on the relationship. Because it's out of the relationship that our actions flow. It's out of Mary sitting and listening that she would later live it out. So what is it that has your heart? What is it that, that is gripping you? What is it that is, is moving you forward, getting your time, your attention, your focus? Ultimately, what it comes down to, what Jesus is saying is, look, the number one thing that you can do, the number one thing that is needed is a relationship with me. He said, Jesus said this, he said that the greatest thing we can give our life to is, is number one, to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. It's the greatest thing is to love God. And and it's not some you know pop psychology, spiritual meditation, weird type thing. But it's all about a relationship. And the Bible says that we're able to love because God first loved us. You know, when you look in the Bible and you go all the way back to the very beginning of time, the very beginning of creation, uh, the Bible says that God created men and women and mankind in His image. And He created us unique. Different from all the rest of creation. That he created us to be in a relationship with him. But the Bible says that God also gave us a choice. A choice to reject him. A choice to to choose to disobey, to go separate from him. What the Bible calls sin. And as a result, with that choice, mankind chose to to sin, to disobey God. Breaking the relationship bringing a brokenness into the world, bringing evil and hopelessness into the world. And here we are in this broken relationship, this one where we have rejected God, and because God is is righteous and He is holy, I mean, it's it's because He is just, that the Bible says that because of His character, there has to be some type of punishment as a result of the sin. There's an act of discipline that is coming. And as an act of that discipline, when we are living apart from God, when we're rejecting Him, we are are heading into an eternity, into a place called hell to spend, uh, have eternal punishment. And you know what? I, I think that we think about that sometimes. We think, man, that is not love. How could a loving God do that? But listen to what else the Bible says. It says this. That God demonstrates His love toward us. And that while we were still sinners when we were still rejecting God, when we were still living apart from Him, when we didn't want anything to do with Him, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How great is the love of God that He would send Jesus, His one and His only Son, to come live on this earth, to live a perfect life, to one day go to a cross where He would die, where he would give up his life, where he would face the grave, where he would be resurrected on the third day, all to take our punishment. To take our punishment that we deserve because we were the ones who chose to reject God. But Jesus would come and die in our place. So that once again we have the choice. Do we continue to choose to reject God and suffer the consequences? Or do we accept the free gift that God is offering of forgiveness through his son, of a relationship with the very one who created us? You know what the Bible says? That when we put our faith in Jesus, when we say, Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God, that you died for me. I'm trusting you to take my sin. I'm going to follow you. These other things that I've been carrying, I'm going to put down to pick up what you tell me to pick up. And I'm going to come follow you. That the Bible says that when we do that, that God forgives our sins, that He takes them as far away as the East is from the West. That guilt, that shame, He takes it away. He now gives us peace. He puts His Spirit within us. He, the Bible actually says that God calls us His sons and His daughters, that He's a father to the fathers, that He is a refuge in a place of safety, that He gives peace and joy and purpose into our life. That now we have a relationship with our Creator. The creation is now reunited with the creator to live out the purpose that was intended for us in the very beginning. And it all starts with a relationship. The one thing that is needed, the one thing that is the most important is the relationship. So maybe for you tonight, where you're at in this place, maybe tonight's your first night here. Maybe it's your first night ever at church and you're like, man, this is all new. Maybe for you, the first place to start is to begin to think through, okay, what are my questions? What are my barriers from saying yes to Jesus? Maybe it's just you need some more clarity. Maybe it's an intellectual question. Maybe it's something that happened in the past that you're just having a hard time with. And maybe it's this week for you to begin to just write some of those down and begin to seek out answers for those. But the bottom line question that we have to ask is, what has my heart? Does Jesus have my heart, or am I giving it to other things? Because when we start right here in the very beginning to live by priorities, this is the question that we have to wrestle with the most. This is the one that needs the most attention and most of our time and efforts, is what has my heart? You'll look inside your program, and, and underneath each, each question, there's a scale of one to five. It's from low to high. And this is purely for you, a self-evaluation. You don't have to show this to anybody. You don't have to turn it in anywhere. This is not a test. You're not getting graded. This is purely for you to be able to sit down and say, okay, hey, how am I doing? So on a scale of one to five, how much of your heart does God have today? Right here, right now. How much of your heart does God have today? Because if we're going to begin to live by priorities, we have to wrestle with the question, what has my heart? And Jesus said the one thing that is needed is a relationship with him. The second question as we go on to to help us live by priorities is what matters to God? What matters to God? When I look at my marriage with Kendall, uh, the more that we go on, whenever she begins to prioritize something, uh, maybe... It's right now one of our priorities is to, to begin to eat healthier as a family. And so she began to really prioritize this in her meal prep and grocery shopping and everything. And, and so for me, I see that as a priority for her. And because I love her, because of our relationship with one another, I will begin to prioritize what she prioritizes because of our relationship. And it's in the same way with our relationship with God that if, if he is our number one focus, if he is the one that has our heart, what he prioritizes begins to become our priorities. And so we have to ask the question, what are the things that matters to God? What are the things that God has said, this is what you need to pick up? Because this is what matters to me. I think Here again, this is where Mary's at. Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to what he said. Listening to the things that he is saying so that she can begin to learn from him. And for us, it becomes a process of beginning with our relationship with Jesus. When he's the one that has our heart, we begin to say, okay, what are the things that, that matter to you? God, what are the things that matter to you in the way that I act, in the way that I speak, in the way that I handle my relationships, in the way that I handle my finances, in the way that I work at my job, maybe even what I do with my time? What is it that matters to you so that I can begin to live these things in my life and I can begin to prioritize? And you know what's amazing is is God has told us what matters to him and told us what he prioritizes right here in the Bible. I think so many times people view the Bible as this big list of do's and don'ts in a big rule book. But the reality is that the Bible is really a gift. I mean, I mean, think about this. God created us. He knows what hurts us. He knows what brings us joy. He knows what brings pain. But he also knows what brings blessing into our life and brings peace. And here is God telling us, hey, these are the things that are best for you and these are the things that will hurt you. That he said, these are the things that matter because this is what will help you. And here when we come to the Bible, we can begin to learn. And sometimes, you know, we, it's hard. Like we are ask the question, what does God want me to do? And we wrestle with it and we don't know. But so much of it, we can just come to the Bible and begin to learn and begin to, to learn it. And it's just one step at a time to begin to learn these things. And you know what's awesome about these things is the things that God has said in the Bible that matter, that we need to prioritize, is we don't have to spend a lot of time praying over them. Uh, We don't have to pray, God, should I forgive? Because he has said in our relationships, we are to forgive. We may pray about how to handle it, but we don't have to pray about the act of forgiving. Uh, We don't have to pray about the fact of, of, should I tithe? Should I give my first 10%? Because God has said, hey, this is the benchmark in giving. So for Kendall and I, when we do our budget, we just put it on there. 10%, boom, tithe. Because that's what God said. That's what matters to him. The rest of it, we may say, God, is there something else that you want us to do? Is there somewhere else that you want us to give? And we'll pray through that. But when we begin to come in and we see what matters to God, we see what he prioritizes, and we begin to take those things and put those into our life. And maybe for you, this week, where, where you need to start is just beginning to read the Bible for yourself. Uh, maybe you don't even have a Bible, and, and we want to be able to help you with that. We have Bibles at our resource center, at the Connection Center, right out here, and we can help you get one tonight. Uh, maybe you get the version Bible app, and you know what's amazing about this? Like, we, we talk about this all the time, but they have reading plans on there that can help you. There, there's reading plans, a seven-day reading plan on relationships, where in five minutes a day, each day for seven days, you could read verses from the Bible about relationships, and you can learn what matters to God in your relationships. In a week, you can begin to learn how to speak. You can begin to learn about anger. You can begin to learn about finances, all these different things in these little reading plans. And it's one small step to help you. It's not that my life has to be perfect right away. I don't have to have all this stuff figured out, but I'm just taking one small step forward. And it helps me again to move forward in living out priorities in what matters to God. So on a scale of one to five, when you think about your life, how are you doing At learning and living out the things that God prioritizes. How are you doing at learning and living out the things that God prioritizes? Now now I'll say this about this one. Is it like anything in life, learning has to be intentional. That if you are going to learn what matters to God, if you're going to be able to do this, you're going to have to be intentional. Intentional. It's like with your job. You have to be intentional to learn more about your job. You have to be intentional to learn how to be a better husband. You have to be intentional to learn how to take care of your body physically. And you have to be intentional on learning what matters to God. So when we begin to look at living by priorities, we ask the question, what has my heart? What matters to God? And the third question that we can ask when we begin to look at our priorities is, who's in my circle? Who's in my circle? Think about this, Jesus said, the greatest thing that you can give your life to, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He said, look, this is the number one priority. But Jesus said, the thing that is number two, the second greatest commandment is similar to it, and it's to love others as yourself. So if this is loving God, this is my number one priority, Jesus says, look, number two, loving others as yourself. That this is one of the priorities that you can't drop. This is one of the priorities that you need to pick up. To love others. So think about the people who are in your circle. Think about the relationships that you have. Start immediate. Think about your parents. uh, Your kids. Your spouse. And go down from there. Begin to think out from it. Neighbors. Coworkers, friends, other family, maybe even that Starbucks barista who gives you your, your grande, whatever, huge latte type thing every week or every morning for some of you. You know, think about them. Who are the people that God has put in my circle? Who are the people that I need to begin to love to live out this priority? Because, number one, my relationship is focused on Jesus. So because of that, I want to be able to focus and love people as well. I think about this in the, in the fact uh, that it takes intentionality in loving people. Uh, that Maybe for some of you, when you sit here this week, you need to go back and review your calendar. Maybe even tonight with your spouse, you need to sit down and say, wow, we've got way too much going. When was the last time we went on a date? When was the last time that we took the kids and we had a day together where they weren't watching a movie, we weren't on our phones, and we were just talking and hanging out? Uh, When was the last time that we we scheduled time in our calendar to hang out with friends or other family that don't know Jesus, but we are praying to come to know Him? We have to be intentional about making our calendars in a way that that show that we can love people. You know this this is hard. This is so hard. I think it's easier when we get to a new position, so maybe you get that new job, you move into the new neighborhood. I know for KindleLine, we first moved to California, it was so much easier to just be like, hey, we're brand new, we want to meet everybody, we want to influence everybody, I want to invite everybody to South Bay. And, and we got here, and we're doing that, but what happens is, is the busier that you get, the more your task list fills up, the busier your calendar gets, is that you have to fight to keep people in the front. And you know what? For me, it is a constant battle and a constant fight to try and keep people in the front. I don't know if you've ever done this. Maybe you won't admit it. Maybe you will. Has you ever come into a place and you're like, I don't want to talk to anybody because i got so much to do, so I'm going to put my headphones in? There's like three people laughing. Thank you for supporting me. The rest of you are all hypocrites because you know you do it, too. You know, you put your headphones in because you're like, i got so much to get done that I don't want anybody to talk to me. Or you're walking down the hall or you're coming out of your house or something like that and you see that person and you know that they're going through a really hard time and you're thinking, man, I really don't want to get caught up in that conversation right now. So you're just, Jesus, please help me disappear into the paint on the wall so that I can just get by him. But you know what, maybe the thing is for you this week is that there's somebody in your life, there's somebody around you that you need to be willing to, for five minutes, set aside your task to be able to sit down and connect with them, to be able to stop and relate with them. Maybe there's somebody right there that God is saying, I want to use you in this person's life. And we just need to stop. And it's hard. It's hard to keep people in the front, even those closest. Our spouse, our kids, our parents. The closest relationships we have, it's still hard. But God said, look, if you're loving me and you're following me, people are a priority. So when you look at your life and you think about it, you think about who is in your circle. On a scale of one to five, how are you doing at loving the people that are in your circle? How are you doing at prioritizing those people in the closest relationships in your life? When we begin to look at priorities, we ask the question, what has my heart? We ask the question, what matters to God? We ask the question, who's in my circle? And and, you know, I, I think with these first ones, I mean, it's really a matter of things. We don't have to pray about these. Uh, for the most part, we don't have to pray about these things because God had always said, hey, I should be the one that has your heart. I'm the priority. He said, the things that matter to me in the Bible, I mean, these are a priority. And then the relationships that you have, these are a priority. Uh, maybe with your relationships, there's some other people that you need to pray about. Maybe that God, you would pray for, for God to use you to reach them. But for the most part, with loving people, God has said these are priorities, The fourth question, though, may be something that we have to pray more about to try and discover, God, where do you want me to put my time and energy into this? And the fourth question is, what are my gifts and opportunities? What are my gifts and opportunities? Now, I think about this, that that each and every one of us, God has uniquely created, that he has gifted, that he has given you your personality. Before you were even born, God hardwired in this personality in you. And you know what? God, God has uniquely created each of us and gifted us and given us our personalities, and he gives us opportunities. Uh, some are short-term, maybe, some may be in a season, and some may be long-term or even life callings that God wants to use us in and put us in these opportunities. And, and I think that so many times where we get stuck as we sit here and we think, uh, I don't know what my life calling is. I don't know what I'm good at. I don't know if I'm good at anything. And we wrestle with that because it just seems such a daunting task. I mean, my life calling, uh, my gifts. But you know, I, I think that where we begin to learn, where we begin to find out the gifts that God's given us, is when we begin to take the small steps. It's the small step where we begin to learn. Uh, for me, I, uh, I gave my life to Jesus when I was a senior in high school. It's then that I understood my need for Jesus. I said yes to Jesus. I began to live for him. And and, and this whole time, uh, I wanted to be an airline pilot. That was my career goal, was to fly airplanes. I I always thought, man, I'm going to be like the cool airline pilot with the cool hat and the tie. Yeah, you know, that'd be pretty cool. I thought that's what I was going to do. And I'd given my life to Jesus and I was still flying and and I was growing my relationship with him and I was basically living at the airport just about in college because I was flying all the time, I'd had my license, I was working on my next ratings. But you know what? When I was in college, I took the small step to be a middle school boys small group leader. To lead a small Bible study of five to seven middle school boys on Sunday mornings at my church. And I began to say, okay, yeah, I'll I'll do this. I had no idea if I was going to be good at it or not. But I took the step and said, sure, why not? And I took this small step. And you know what? Through that experience, God began to show me that he had gifted me to teach, that he had gifted me to communicate. So I said, cool, this is fun. So I started to take on some other steps. I began to do other things with our student ministry and get involved and do ministry and help with camps and all these different things. And and through that, God began to show me that he had gifted me to lead, that he had gifted me to teach. And as I began to to grow and go through this, I I began to go, wow, this is is great. Like, I'm loving this. So, like, I was like, cool, I'm going to be the pilot that is the student small group leader. So, I'm going to be the coolest student leader ever. Because they're all going to be like, my small group leader is a pilot, man. He flies airplanes. But you know what, through that, as I kept going forward, as I kept taking small steps to move forward, God began to work in my life and God began to call me into ministry. To now this point where I'm serving full-time as a pastor, getting to stand before hundreds of people and proclaim His Word and tell them about a relationship with Jesus and help them grow in their faith. And if you would have asked me when I was in high school if I thought I'd be standing here on a stage getting to teach God's Word, I would have thought you were crazy. But it all started with small steps. So maybe for some of you, where you're at this week and is beginning to look at what are my gifts and opportunities and beginning to help prioritize what you do and where you put your time, it's starting with that small step. Maybe you're here and you're like, I have no idea what I'm gifted at. I have no idea what I'm good at. So for you, maybe it's starting to say, hey, I'll, I'll take a small step to get involved with a life group. I'll take a small step to serve in Bay Kids. I'll take a small step to, to volunteer on a, on a different volunteer team. And maybe you get in that and you're like, wow, I'm really not good at this. So, hey, try something new. But as we begin to go through this process and we begin to take these small steps, we begin to learn more about how God has wired us, how he created us, where he might want to use us. And maybe through that, God will show us what is our long-term calling, what is the thing that he wants us to give our life to. And we can begin to make our priorities around the things that God has gifted us to do, the opportunities that he's given us. And I think with this, for some of you, maybe there's opportunities right now in your stage of life that are unique to where you're at. Opportunities that you may never get to have again in your life that you could prioritize right now. I I think about uh, Mary. She was willing to let some things go because she had a unique opportunity to stop and to sit at the feet of Jesus and to listen to Him. And she took it. And maybe for some of you, you're in a unique season in your life where God has blessed you financially beyond your wildest dreams. Or maybe just He's blessed you more than you thought. And you have an opportunity in this season to give to expand God's kingdom and impact lives. It doesn't have to be here at South Bay, but maybe God wants to use you to give somewhere else. Maybe God wants to use you to give to help set orphans or help orphans find families. To help uh, set slaves, slave traffic victims free. To help people uh, start a church somewhere to reach people who don't know Jesus. You have a unique opportunity. Maybe for some of you, your company just came in and they said, hey, across the board, everybody's taking two weeks off this year. And maybe now you're sitting here and you're like, I don't know what to do with this time, but God has given you a unique opportunity that maybe you could use those two weeks to go on one of the mission trips that we're doing overseas this year. Maybe for others of you, parents, you're in a unique opportunity where one of you could stay home with the kids. And maybe it's in this season that you get to step out and do that. You know, I think there's these unique opportunities in these times that come along that we can grasp and that we can can seize. And maybe we need to put some other things down in that opportunity to be able to take that. But when our heart is connected first to Jesus, when He is the one thing that matters and we are coming to Him, that then as we begin to go through our lives and we begin to say, my heart is connected to Jesus that what, I, what matters to God are the things that I'm picking up, that who's in my circle, the people that I'm loving, that then we can get down to this point and we can say, God, this is how you gifted me, these are the opportunities you give me, and I'm going to prioritize these things because I want my life to matter. I want my life to be lived for you. And we begin to pick up the things that God has given us, the purposes that he has given us, the things that he has set are priorities, and we're able to leave some of the other things on the table and begin to shape our lives around what God says matters. So maybe for you this week, one of the things for you to do, uh, you can see right there in the bottom of your program, is to maybe stop and think, how can I move forward in living by priorities? Just some small steps. Uh, maybe this, what's one or two things that you need to really begin to prioritize this week? Maybe for you it's coming back to the heart aspect. And it's beginning to say, you know what? I want to stop and I want to connect with God at least five minutes in a day. And maybe it's just like you, you start by getting that version Bible plan and you read those verses on relationships or on something else. And you say, God, I just want to connect with you. I want you to teach me. I want to learn one thing this week that matters to you. And maybe something else for you is to, to look at your calendar and to think through your calendaring and to, to change some things so that you can have more time to focus on the people that are around you. Maybe this week it's, Making the opportunity, or taking the step to to serve. The small step to say, hey, I want to join this team and see if it's something that I'm good at. And beginning to learn your gifts and your opportunity, or your gifts and talents. But maybe there's, on the other side, there's one or two things this week that you need to stop or reduce. That you need to put a couple things down. Maybe just reduce them for a little bit. Maybe it's something that you need to stop working long hours and rearrange your schedule so that you can be home to be at dinner with your kids and your family. Maybe for some of you who are students right now, or maybe if you're an adult, you need to put down the Xbox controller for just a little bit. You don't have to stop. Maybe you need to reduce the playing so that you can focus on your schoolwork, so that you can focus on your priorities. But you know what, I I think what happens sometimes is, is that we get back in the Martha syndrome and we have all these good things that we're trying to juggle. I mean, things that people would look at and be like, wow, you're awesome. And we get these praises for being so busy and so filled with these good things. But maybe for you this week, it's reducing some of the good things. I mean, Maybe you got a little overzealous and you signed up for three or four small groups or life groups here at South Bay and you're just running and every night is booked and you're starting to feel just tired. Maybe for you, it's just letting go of one good thing to focus on your health. I mean, we prioritize life groups. It's a big deal here, but we prioritize your health even more. Uh, Maybe it's some of the volunteer hours that you've been putting in are just, you've been busting it and you are dry and your family is dry and you just need to slow down just a little bit and reduce your time to say, hey, i got to be able to focus on my family. Maybe there's some good things in your life that you need to be willing to kind of rearrange so that you can focus on what matters most. And guys, I I want you to think about this. I mean, just, just think about your life right now. Think about how much different it could be when when Jesus is the priority, when we have a relationship with him, the peace, the purpose, uh, the joy that we can have in that relationship. To to think about when Jesus is in the very center, how things could be different. The guilt and the shame that we carry because of our actions get to be taken away because God says, I'll take those. That our life and our outlook can be different. Uh, that, That when we begin to prioritize God, that we begin to prioritize the things that matter to him. And to begin to prioritize the people, I mean, think about how different your relationships could be. Your relationships in your marriage, your relationships with your kids, your relationships with your coworkers and other people around you. I mean, think about how much better they could be when we get the priorities right. And think about how much more purpose we can have in our life and how much more we could use our lives to do the thing that God has called us to, the very purpose that he's put us here for. By getting our priorities right and beginning to live for them. And and it all starts with the heart. It all starts with this relationship. So don't miss the relationship, but think about what could be different. Think about how much better your life could be when you begin to live by priorities. Let me pray for us right now, but be thinking about this this week. God, tonight, I pray that you would help us more than anything to connect with you at a heart level that our hearts would be connected to you, that our relationship with you would be growing, that we would understand that more and more each and every day. And and I pray as a result of that, that God, you would help us to to prioritize what you prioritize, that you would help us to live out what matters to you and to love the people that you've put in our circle, that you would help us to find and discover our gifts and even the opportunities that you've given us. And God, would you help us as we try to juggle these things to know what to put down and what to pick up and what to, to keep. God, would help us this week to live by priorities so that we can do what matters most and so that we can be connected to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's thank David for an awesome message.